All right, hello, hello. Welcome to episode five of the Project Six podcast. I don't really have a very good intro, but whatever. Episode five, we got some, what do we got? Console previews, some little smaller bits of information, and really, eh, there's a couple small things to cover. News probably won't be too long, but then we got some games to talk about, so that'll be good. But anyway, as always, let's get right into it. Hands-on impressions for the Xbox Series X came out earlier this week. I think it was Monday, Tuesday, Monday. So Monday, a bunch of... uh, So I think it was over last weekend, actually. A bunch of games media people got their hands on the Xbox Series X, did a lot of testing... Uh, there's a whole bunch of crap you can read up on it. Um, the general sort of reaction, I guess, to the Xbox Series X was the games look great. It runs great. The console's very quiet. But the one the one feature, and, and this is the one I, I sort of want to focus on, is the quick resume feature that's going to be on the Series X. Honestly, it's a feature that I they kept pushing, and every time I heard about it, it was like, I mean, sure, it's neat that you can, you know, you can switch from game to game and just go right back to where you were instantly without having to refire up the game. But I couldn't really think of like a situation where that's something I would take advantage of. But hearing, you know, sort of the reaction to it and then really thinking about it. I honestly, I think this could actually be like a massive feature for the Series X. Just because, you know, I mean, so if you think about it, right? Say you're playing through a single player game and you're just sort of screwing around or whatever. And then a friend of yours says, hey, you know, let's go, uh, let's go play, I don't know, let's go play some Fortnite. I want to play Fortnite for like an hour. Okay, no problem. You just switch right over to Fortnite. You'd never have to shut your other game, your single player game off. Then your friend gets off, you can cycle right back to Fortnite or back to whatever single player game you're playing and go right back to where you were. Or, you know, I can think of if you're playing like a live service game and, and you're waiting for some sort of timer to reset and you want to switch and go play another game, that that's totally on the table, right? If you're playing uh, Marvel's Avengers. Because the loading screens and everything for that game are garbage. And there's just so much and it's so sluggish. You know, you can you can bounce back and forth. So I, I can definitely see after, you know, hearing about all the impressions that were related specifically to the quick resume feature that that's, that's a big one. Um, I did see, so I did see, because also I guess I'll tie into this. Uh, in the last day or two... PS5 impressions have kind of come out. Um, I Early this morning, right before I sat down to record this, a uh, bunch of Japanese media outlets posted some um, feedback on the PlayStation 5. I haven't really dug into them. I did see... The only thing I've really seen with the PlayStation 5 <clears throat> is that um, there was a... I guess Russian PlayStation that leak. I there was a, there was a video for this on Twitter that I saw yesterday, and the person 
I just saw a startup time comparison between the Series X and the PlayStation 5. And I want to say it was like just over 18 seconds for the Series X to start up and just under 22 for the PlayStation 5 to start up. I think that's all I've seen from the PlayStation 5. So I haven't dug into a lot of this stuff. There's there's just a lot of technical data in data detail in here that I I can read and I can understand it, but if you're asking me to start talking about it off the top of my head, I'm there's no way I'm going to be able to remember it. it's too much. Tec- technical detail is just it's a lot. Um they but the overall impressions on the Series X are very good. And one thing I did hear uh, a lot of the people who, because, you know, the biggest question with the Series X was, you know, the fact that it's just this big vertical brick. And, you know, how's it going to look? How's it going to fit into, you know, your displays and whatever? And uh, I've heard that it, it looks good. Like, it looks fine. So, I was that was one thing I was reading, too. But the early impressions on the Series X, very good. PlayStation 5, couldn't tell you. PlayStation's being incredibly weird about everything. Apparently, they're being very anal on what you're allowed to do with the console if you got one for an early impression. Like, you can't even peel the plastic off the front of the console or something. It's, I don't know, it's fucking weird. Alright, another another small bit of news. I'm just going to throw in here for the hell of it. Farmville is closing down later this year. Apparently, Farmville was still around. Um... From what I gather, I guess, um, was it Zynga that owns Farmville? Is that it? Uh, I guess they didn't want to switch Farmville from um, Flash to HTML5, which makes total total sense to me. I mean, I can't imagine how Farmville is doing. The game came out in 2009. Um. My cat is outside my door meowing at me right now. So yeah, Farmville's going down. End of an era. Didn't even know that was still around, but it was. Uh, Another small piece of information that came out this week. EA Play is being released on Game Pass November 10th. I know they said that was coming later this year, and they've said it's coming out on launch for the Series X. Alright, now for some news that I really care about. Pokemon Crown Tundra. One... It's releasing on October 22nd. I thought for sure this was going to be a November release. This is perfect. October 22nd. There's nothing going on at the end of October. That gives me, you know, two, two and a half weeks, whatever, before the next-gen consoles and all those games start coming out. Perfect. Let me dive into the Pokemon DLC, and then I'm good. Um, Because that was definitely something that got lost in the shuffle with all these new games and... I think end of October is a good release date for it. Let's see. So I got the page here. What are they adding with the Crown Tundra? The big one, and and I I wrote about this on Screen Rant uh, the other day, Dynamax Adventures. Basically, the TLDR version, it's a dungeon. They're taking the raids, and they're making them into a dungeon, basically. You'll get together with a group of people. You go into the Dynamax adventure. 
you're not allowed to take your own Pokemon. So they what they do is they're going to give you a set of rental Pokemon to choose from. You pick a rental Pokemon and go into the raid with it. When you defeat the raid Pokemon, so, someone in the party is able to catch the Pokemon. And then the raid Pokemon that you catch, you can ro- you can cycle into your team composition and replace your rental Pokemon with the raid Pokemon you catch. In theory, and then you will do that chain of successive raids until you reach the legendary Pokemon at the end of the raid. Or there's going to be an endless version of Dynamax Adventures where you just keep going until you lose. I love this. Because I love the raids in Sword and Shield. I think the raids are a lot of fun. The only problem I have with the raids is that it's like everything else in Pokemon. You just get something up to level 100, fully EV train it, you get it all competitive ready, and then you walk into a raid and just dump on the raid Pokemon in one turn. This, because you're limited by what Pokemon you can choose, that's not a problem anymore. Now, ideally, you would do this with your own Pokemon, right? Maybe put a level cap on Pokemon in raids or something. So if I want to go in with a Dragonite, I can't bring my Dragonite with, you know, level 100. Maybe you cap it at level 50. So that even if my Dragonite's really good, it's still level capped or something. I I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is, but I do think, and this is what I wrote about, that this is a potential long-term solution for Pokemon's lackluster endgame postgame, right? Because there's nothing really to do. If you don't do competitive Pokemon or shiny hunting, there's really nothing to do once you beat a Pokemon game. And something like this, I, I think, is a kind of system that can work. And I saw I saw one... One post on Reddit about it the other day. This effectively sort of turns Pokemon into a roguelike, right? Where it's just, you know, random Pokemon being shuffled in and out. So I don't know. You could definitely expand on this. Maybe, you know, you go through a series of raids and then you can, you get a TM or something. And you can use that TM on any of the rental Pokemon, right? You could... You could go nuts with this kind of system in Pokemon and come up with something really cool. And I just, I hope, I hope Dynamax Adventures is as good as I feel like it can be. Because right now, I think this could be awesome. But, you know, who knows? It could just, at the end of the day, I could get in there and it could just suck. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, so I'm looking forward to checking those out and trying it. I I really want to see how that plays out because I think it could be really good. And, and if it is really good, I hope that it's not one of these things where they just ditch it before the next game and they actually use it as a foundation to build on because it, it, the potential is absolutely there. Uh, and as for the legendary Pokemon, all the legendary Pokemon are back? I mean, it says right here, with the Crown Tundra, 
you'll be able to encounter every legendary Pokemon that's appeared in the main series of Pokemon games. So they, they should all be available in raids, and no doubt they will be divided by version, right? So you'll get Lugia in one, Ho-Oh in the other, Latios in one, Latias in the other. Uh, just going through here, right? So we got the legendary birds, obviously the new can the, the new Galarian versions and the original. Uh, Mewtwo, the legendary dogs, Lugia and Ho-Oh, the Regis, uh, the weather trio from Ruby Sapphire, the lake trio, Dialga, Palkia, Heatran, Giratina, Cresselia. We've got the Musketeer trio, or whatever the fuck people call them. You've obviously got fucking Landorus is back because, of course, Thunderous and Tornadus, uh, Reshiram, Zekrom, and Curum. You've got, I mean, the Tapus are in here. I don't know why. Why is Silvali in here as a legendary Pokemon? What? And I totally just skipped uh, Eveltal, Xerneas, and Zygarde. I'm like blanking on some names. I'm looking at these pictures and just like, what? Yeah, why is Silvali in here considered a legendary Pokemon? Really? Anyway, Solgaleo, Lunala, uh... What the hell is this thing called? Necrozma. Jesus Christ. And then, obviously, your Sword and Shield legendaries. The two new Regis. And then, uh... That new fucking deer thing with the orb on its head. Wow, that was... That was bad. I'm like... God, that was that was rough. Um, yeah, so Dynamax Adventures, I think, could be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Especially if the legendary Pokemon feel like legendary Pokemon again. They should be good for, you know, like a boss battle. And then they're adding the Galarian Star Tournament. Which is... So all the gym leaders, champion... You know, all the main characters from the base game. I'll just read from it because I still don't even really know. It says, once you accept Leon's invitation, you'll be able to pick a partner from among the many trainers you've met throughout your adventures in Pokemon Sword and Shield, as well as the expansion pass, and team up for a multi-battle tournament. And then it says, depending on who your partner and your opponents are, you may glimpse new sides of some familiar faces. So basically, this is a 2v2 tournament, in-game double battle tournament um, that'll take place at Winden City. I mean, I, I don't, whatever, unless unless they give you something for that. I don't know. That just seems like kind of a weird thing to throw in there. I don't know. Maybe there'll be something neat with the star tournament, but I'm not. I'm not really even really considering looking at it, to be honest. And then they're including a new item called the Ability Patch, which will allow you to change your Pokemon's ability to its hidden ability, which is massive. It's so massive. Finally, I don't have to sit there and grind a 1% encounter rate 
just to maybe get lucky enough to get my hidden, the hidden ability when I catch the Pokemon and not have to do it all over again. Like, thank God. Hidden abilities should not be this hard to get. You know, I have shiny Pokemon that I bred that had the wrong ability. I can now just use the ability patch and just pop it right over to the hidden ability. Problem solved. Oh, it's what a massive convenience. This is like the last big hurdle I can really think of for competitive Pokemon building and whatnot. Thank God. Thank God they're putting this in here. But that's the Crown Tundra DLC. I I mean, look, the the Sword and Shield DLC is expensive. But for the most part, I feel like I've gotten my value out of it. And I enjoy it. So I liked the first one. And I'm I'm looking forward to playing this one. And I'll I'll probably be done with it in a couple of weeks, you know, within a couple of weeks. And that's fine. Like that's more than enough for me. It gets me in there, it gives me some new stuff to do. I love Pokemon, I'm fine. I'll do it. Alright. Now where are we at? Right, like seventeen minutes. Alright. Do one or two more, then take a break, probably. Alright, so Cyberpunk 2077 has uh, mandated some crunch. Uh, I, look. So, CDPR, I think this was like a year ago came out and said, we are not going to implement Crunch for Cyberpunk 2077. And then early this week, they did, right? I think they're mandating like six-day weeks leading up to launch, and no doubt there's there's more going on there. Look, the only thing I'm going to say about this topic is I really hate this topic. For any project coming out to a deadline... There is going to be some level of crunch. I think that's unavoidable. The industry has obviously taken that to the extreme. When you have stories like employees at Rockstar working 100-hour weeks ahead of a game's release. Like, obviously, that's that's not right. That's way too much. And at, at some point, you know, you reach a, a point where the more hours you're asking someone to work, you're just getting less efficient work out of them. At some point, you are crossing a threshold where you're hurting yourself more than you're helping, right? Obviously. But look, I I am not someone who works in the game industry. I I don't know the, the details of what's going on in a studio. So I can't tell you Anything of value on this subject, right? I can tell you that, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, some level of crunch is going to be expected, and it is, but I'm also not going to sit here and lose my mind and have a meltdown debating the implementation of crunch in the industry when I am just going to go buy the game anyway, and so is just about every single person complaining about it right now, so... You want to say I'm part of the problem? I am. But 
I there's there's nothing I can offer on this subject. And it I mean, the only thing I can say is if if you're working someplace and this is something you experience and you don't like it, you know, you have to do something about it. What that is, I can't tell you because I don't work in the industry. And I know that if someone leaves CD Projekt Red because they don't like the way they're handling something, there's a thousand other people ready to go that want to take your spot. I don't know how to solve that problem. So I'm, I'm going to have to leave that one up to you because I can't, I can't offer you a solution to something I really just don't, I don't get, I don't understand. You know, I mean, so that's it. Is it bad? Yes. Can I do anything about it? No, probably not. So just, uh, this is one of those things where I'm going to say, I'll leave this to the rest of you. I'm just going to sit over here and play the game when it comes out. Because that's, that's all I'm going to do. All right. Anyway. Yeah, let's take a break before this one. Because this one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a little bit. Spider-Man details. We'll be back. All right. We're back. Spider-Man PS4 Remaster. Uh, we got some, some new details on this the other day. So again, Spider-Man Remastered is being released in the Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. It's a PS5 launch title. That Ultimate Edition is going to be $70 versus the game's $50 price tag, right? We all know. So Insomniac announced a lot of details about this. Actually, I think if I pull up the tweet, there was a, there was a long list of changes they made. So with Spider-Man Remastered, there is going to be remade city assets with ray tracing and ambient shadows. 60 FPS performance mode, which they released video of, and it looks fantastic. Near instant loading times, obviously taking advantage of the PS5's SSD. Uh, improvements to audio, increased population density. There'll be new features in photo mode, new trophies, and then there will be three new suits added to the game. One of which being the ama- the suit from The Amazing Spider-Man, the movie with Andrew Garfield, which has been highly requested since the game came out. That's that's just sort of the general overview. I mean, it's there's nothing really specific there. That that's a lot of a lot of changes and there are a couple of screenshots they released, one of which in particular was Spider-Man up on a building with his reflection in a window and it it looks fantastic. I I think this is going to be a massive graphical overhaul for Spider-Man Remastered. The the big change, and this is the one that I think more justifies the price tag, is that they've recast Spider-Man. So Yuri Lowenthal will remain the voice. But the physical actor playing Spider-Man was John Bubniak, and they have since replaced him with Ben Jordan. Now, Peter's new face doesn't look bad. In fact, I, it looks it looks really good. 
So the, the issue here is not entirely that the face looks bad. It's that the face looks different. So look, after playing through, because I'm getting Spider-Man remastered, obviously, because I love Spider-Man. And it's 20 bucks, and I don't have the game digitally anyway. I have the hard copy, and I got the digital PS5, so I'm going to buy it anyway so I can play it on my PS5. But I think when I p play through the game with the new, the new Peter Parker look, I'll be fine. Right, I think it's just one of those things where it's like you played the game, you know what the character looked like before, and now it's just different. And, and that that difference is what just sticks out at you. And But there is certainly a, a big factor here in that the new Peter, I know a lot of people have compared him to Tom Holland, he looks younger than Miles. Which is, you know, the old, the other Peter looked older than Miles, right? Miles is a teenager. This Peter is supposed to be just out of college. He's 23 years old. So he should look a little older. But again, I, I think that'll be fine once people play through and just get used to it being different. So I I don't love the change, but I understand it. Will I'm sure I'll get used to it and it'll be fine. So I'm not I'm not freaking out about it. It is a very it was jarring when when they announced this. It was jarring, man. But we'll see how it goes. I I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just different. Uh, but I am looking forward to playing this game. I love Spider Man. So good. Insomnia and and you know Insomniac has built up so much goodwill, right? They're just they're a tremendous developer. You know all their games are great. They supported Spider-Man with tons of free content since it was released. So I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not freaking out about this. All right, the newest news, and this is from Friday. Was it Friday or Thursday? I think it was Thursday. My, <laughs> the new Super Smash Brothers character was announced, and it's Minecraft Steve. Oh, they made this fucking meme into a character. Minecraft Steve is a character in Super Smash Brothers. Steve rocks the block, as they say. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean... I can't believe they actually made Minecraft Steve a Super Smash Brothers character. Oh, God. And then his alternate skins, Alex, who I guess is the, the female version of Minecraft Steve. And then you'll also be able to play as an Enderman and a zombie. Now look, I haven't been in, I haven't been like actively playing Super Smash Brothers in a long time. I would absolutely jump in if they made like Sora a playable character or Crash, Spyro, right? There are characters who if they put them in there 
I would immediately fire up Super Smash Brothers, buy them, and jump in. And Minecraft Steve is not it. <laughs> and, I mean, and the biggest takeaway is after that announcement, someone tweeted at, it was like the Xbox France Twitter account asking if Master Chief would come to PlayStation and they got a response that said, it was in French, I don't remember what it said, but it was something to the effect of they were waiting for an invitation or something. If they ever put Master Chief in Super Smash Brothers, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's Can we get like Crash and Spyro in there, please? Crash and Spyro should be in Smash Brothers. Like, come on. And Kingdom Hearts has their new like rhythm game coming out. Put Sora in there. I would play Super Smash Brothers immediately if Sora was put in. But Crash and Spyro, come on. Can we put them in Smash, please? Crash and Spyro should be there. Anyway, last thing. Fall Guys Season 2. It was announced that is going to start this Thursday, October 8th. And until that comes out, you will be getting double fame experience. Um... I don't care to grind Fall Guys to level 40. I'm somewhere in the low 30s. I'm sure I'll get in there and play a little bit before Season 2 comes out. Maybe get some fame, get some crowns. Season 2 should be good. It's going to be medieval theme. There'll be some new levels, right? I'm looking forward to playing some Fall Guys. It's a nice game to jump into for a little while. Every now and then. So, haven't played it in a while. Actually, if I open up Steam right now, I bet you I haven't played Fall Guys in... When's the last time I played Fall Guys? Three or four weeks ago? Probably like three weeks ago. I know I fired it up. Played like one game, something stupid happened. And I haven't played it since... Last played September 15th. But, Season 2 is coming out. Looking forward to it. Alright, what have I been playing? So earlier this week, Genshin Impact came out, and to be honest with you, not a bad game. Um, I know I got I got a little worried when I saw last weekend on the podcast that it was a gotcha game, and I mean it sucks. You start so you start off with a core group of characters, and all the other characters are locked behind loot crates um so the way it works is you pick a you pick the it's called a banner it's it's a loot crate you and you you draw it with the currency there's like 85 different currencies it's very confusing but for every 10 pulls you're guaranteed a character which can be a repeat but they give you enough right off the bat to guarantee that you can get one character, which is good. That's a that's a good start. Um so setting the gotcha part of it aside. The actual game's not bad. The combat the combat is super fun. Right? The elemental system, shuffling characters, it's really fun. Cause you can combo your elements together. Uh, certain things are susceptible to different elements. Like you can walk into like a little camp and there, there'll there be like these little water barrels 
and you can break the water barrel that will create like a rain cloud above the camp, soak everything in the camp with water, and then hit them with electricity and zap all of them for extra damage, right? Little things like that. It's super cool. So the combat and the gameplay is really fun. It's, I mean, it's your pretty typical weeb stuff, right? High-pitched, annoying voices, cutesy art style. The game looks and it was definitely modeled after Breath of the Wild. It looks like it. Even, like, the sounds are like Breath of the Wild. The mechanics are Breath of the Wild. It's all Breath of the Wild. It's just anime, basically. It's not bad. Um, I played it a little bit earlier this week. I honestly, I don't know how much more of it I'm going to play. It was a fun little game to play for a couple days. There is a story to follow. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I might play it a couple more times and just sort of give up there. I mean, it's free to play, right? Like, who cares? But it was a fun little game to check out. I don't know if I'll play it all the way through. In part because as as much as I love like the combat, the the way all the leveling and stuff works, it's very mobile gamey, and I I don't really like it. And I got so you can boost up to level twenty, and then there's some way to boost up to level forty. But like I got all my characters to level twenty, and just about everything I've fought has been well below my level, and I just steamroll everything. I don't know. It's just it's very mobile gamey. And I, I don't know how else to describe it. <clears throat> but it's not bad. I think it's worth checking out. And a lot of people... Oops. A lot of people have been have been liking it a lot. It's been highly viewed on Twitch. So, decent little game to play if you're bored. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, I have also been playing. This game is awesome. Th- this is the Crash Bandicoot game that I have waited 20 years to play. I mean, it is. it feels just like the old school Crash Bandicoot games. The, the colors and the art style is great. The music is great. The gameplay is fun. It's hard. This game's freaking hard. And I know that was like the big thing that jumped out to me playing the Insane Trilogy a couple years back is that the game was much harder than I remembered it. And the the biggest change, I have an article going up on this on Screen Rant hopefully soon. Um, So in Crash 4, you have a chance to play on a retro difficulty mode and a modern difficulty mode. Retro mode is the exact same as the old school games where you you start with three lives. For every 100 Wumpa Fruit that you collect, you get a life. You find lives in the level. If you run out of lives, it's game over. You start the level again. Modern mode plays exactly the same. Nothing is different. However, the lives mechanic, which is now outdated, there's a reason games don't have lives anymore, is gone. Completely gone. And so you can die a hundred times on a level if you want, and you will never get a game over. That That is the way to play. Like, I'm playing on modern, and that is the way to play the game. Because I, I'll i be honest, like, running on a lot, playing the Insane Trilogy, 
So I never played Crash Bandicoot 1 when I was a kid. And some of the levels in that first game, I never finished the Insane Trilogy because I just, I, some of those levels would piss me off to no end. Because it's like you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you finally get further in a level and then you get a, a game over. And it's like, this, this sucks. Like that system sucks. It's an unnecessary frustration. And, you know, for me, I'm not great at Crash Bandicoot. Right, I loved it. I played the crap out of it when I was a kid. But I'm not great at it. And and I don't I don't want to sit there and just grind and grind and grind just to get game over after game over. That's not fun. So modern, you know, I I don't have to worry about that in the modern mode, right? I get stuck. I just keep going back to the same checkpoint until I finally get through that section. And I like it. I like that a lot. And then if you if you really suck, there are some times where they, they change one of the boxes to a checkpoint and give you like a sympathy checkpoint, which is kind of humorous. But I, to me, that's the way Crash Bandicoot is, should be played. And it's been a, a fantastic change, addition, whatever you want to call it. And there is an incentive to still finish the level without dying as much. Because one of the gems is earned by finishing the level with no more than three deaths. So, there is still something there. And if you want, you know, for not dying. And if you want that old school feel, that nostalgic high, whatever the hell you want to call it that you're chasing for as an old school Crash Bandicoot fan, play on retro mode, you got it. Uh, But Crash Bandicoot 4 is great. I don't know how long it is. I don't know how far into it I am. I I think I'm on like the sixth world or something. I don't know. But it's the game's great. I am having a ton of fun with it. And each level has... So you have the original version and then an inverted version. Where the map is just flipped. You know, it's not a mirror gameplay or anything. They just flip the map. There's some sort of weird effect in the map. Like one... One is sort of old-timey sepia tone where everything moves a little faster and it's got that sort of old-timey music. It's kind of cool. Um, one, the world I'm on right now is sort of comic booky. When you when you break a box, like little, little comic book effects pop up that say like pow or whatever. Right? One, one, the world is all black and white and every time you spin or attack... Uh, like little color splashes out and colors out the world. Like it's all really cool. So, and you, all the cosmetics are unlockable. So like if you need six gems to unlock a skin, you can get six gems gems in the regular version of the level. But if you don't want to grind out 100% on a level, you don't have to because once you've unlocked the inverted mode, you also get gems from that. So you can just casually play through both versions of the level and unlock the skin without having to worry about it. It's just, it's a very player-friendly game. And and it's a crap ton of fun. I am loving Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a great game to play. So... Highly, highly recommend, especially if you're an old school Crash Bandicoot fan. 
Star Wars Squadrons also came out this week, but I, I haven't started it yet. I am not going to play Squadrons until I'm done with Crash Bandicoot 4. So I'm, I don't think that'll be a long game. Hopefully I'll have something to say about it next week. Uh, the only other thing that came out this week... <laughs> they released the trailer for Borat 2. <laughs> it looks fucking awesome. I loved Borat. The first Borat movie was awesome. <laughs> and the, the... The actual title... Is... The Borat subsequent movie film... Delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime... For make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> this movie's gonna be awesome. It comes out... Um, at the end of next month... I know, like, people found out this movie was getting made because they were spotted filming uh, in L.A., like, um, maybe not even a month ago. And I guess i just Googling it now. It was being filmed back in February, and, you know, people who saw the filming had no idea. And I think there was... So I I don't know how they did this. Right? But there there's a part of the trailer where it looked like Vice President Mike Pence was making a speech and, and they filmed during that speech. Like did they actually bust into a Pence speech? Is that a I feel like if something like that happened, it would have been massive news. Maybe it was and I just didn't notice. Oh, this movie's going to be awesome. I can't wait. The first Borat movie was awesome. Uh, so that's releasing on October 23rd on Amazon Prime. I'm looking forward to it. And actually, just scrolling through my Twitter feed, I didn't I didn't put this on my notes for the episode. Uh, Jamie Foxx is coming back to play Electro in Spider-Man 3. Um... Kind of random. Like, actually, a lot random. I don't know where the hell this came from. Uh, I Look, I love Jamie Foxx. I think he's a great actor. I, I did not like his Electro. And that's not his fault, right? Make it clear. That is not his fault. The writing for The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was not good. So it's not Jamie Foxx's fault that I don't like that that interpretation of the character. Obviously, the big news here is what this means for Spider-Man moving forward. Like, is Jamie Foxx... Is he playing a new version of Electro? They're just... Because I know Kevin Feige, in the leaked Sony emails from, I think it was 2014, he, he was a big fan of Jamie Foxx's Electro. And so this could just be him being like, hey, I like Jamie Foxx's Electro. Let's bring him in and he'll just be a new version of the character. So the the Electro we see in Spider-Man 3 will not be the same as the one from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But this obviously opens the door for the implication that there is going to be some multiverse chicanery going on. And this could be the amazing Spider-Man 2's Electro coming into the MCU. 
my gut feeling, that's not what this is. My gut feeling is Feige just likes Jamie Foxx's Electro, and they brought him in to play a new version of the character. That's what I think's going on here, and I'm fine with that. Please, please, God, Sony, do not force the multiverse onto the MCU. Please, God, do not force any nonsense on Spider-Man. Please, just stay out of the way. You are going to get Venom. You are going to get the Sinister Six. You are going to get the multiverse. Just relax, take a step back, and let Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel Studios do what they're going to do. Because they know what they're doing. Just stay out of the way. Do not get in the way. God, I will be so mad if if Sony gets involved here and mucks the whole thing up. It'll it'll just piss me off. Just stay out of the way. I know blaming someone for something they haven't done, but I I feel like it needs to be said. Just please, Sony. Just you're gonna get everything you want. Just please. Step aside and don't get involved. God. Anyway. That's it for that. <laughs> Big week. Alright. Games coming up this week. We got uh, I Am Dead. Cool. I Can Fell. Ride 4. And then FIFA 21 is coming out Friday. That's it for games this week. Not a whole lot. We're going to be in a little bit of a dead time for games here in the next few weeks, but that's fine. Oh, and then obviously Fall Guys Season 2. Um, Yeah, that's it for the week. Not bad. All right. So, as always, you can follow me on you know Twitter. I think I just hit something. Whoops. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. At Sixture, you can find me everywhere, Instagram, wherever you want. Uh, be sure to keep an eye out. I got some Screen Rant articles going up in the next few days, and I'll be writing more as the week goes on. All right, that'll be, that'll be that, and that's it for the podcast this week. So, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Always appreciate the company. I will be streaming Crash Bandicoot four probably a couple times this week and then star wars squadrons whenever i get to it that'll probably be the plan for streams this week so thanks for listening have a wonderful week and i will catch you next weekend where hopefully a bunch of cool shit happens so we can talk about it adios